So good afternoon, my peeps. Welcome to yet another video. And I think today the only preliminary announcement is the fact that I've never thought there'll be anything like too much sunlight till today. So I guess we're just gonna have to work with it and find a way of working with it. And um, yeah, so let's just dive right in. About a week ago or two weeks ago, I watched this video by a lady or this video on the story of a lady by the name Saga Makudongo, if that's the correct pronunciation. And she gives the story of how when she was a young lady, she found this tall, dark and handsome medical doctor who swept her off her feet completely. Like he was all she ever wanted in a month. And yeah, she got attracted to him. They got married. And later on, Wababa. <laughs> yeah, he started pulling this stunts. He started being mentally and emotionally abusive. He wasn't there around. He started changing his ways. And she tried to find a way to deal with it and obviously she, she was like okay i'm gonna accept the fact that the marriage is over and i'm gonna make a way for myself i'm gonna prove to this man that i'm okay with or without him my kids and i we are gonna be fine with or without him and i'm gonna maintain the standards of living where we are at with or without him and because of the fact that she wanted to prove something that she didn't even need to prove she got herself into some business she was told that yeah start importing gemstones from India and when she went to India for the gemstones herself she didn't know that what she was actually going for were not gemstones but they were actually drugs and because she had already stayed there for about three months that was the only way she could come back to Kenya and when she got back she was found with the drugs she was arrested and long story short she was sentenced to nine years in prison and she spent a huge part of this time in prison and uh, yeah as I look and think about this story, I can't help but think of just how much life isn't fair. I think it's Weasel, Jeffrey Weasel, the Colin Kesho guy who said, life is unfair, boring. So yeah, life is unfair. If it was fair, it would have been boring. I don't quite understand where he was going with that. But all I know is I think probably what makes life fair is the fact that it's unfair to everyone. And we all have to deal with things that we'd rather not deal with. We all get through situations and have to deal with consequences of actions that may not even be ours. And yes, sometimes we deal with the consequences of other people's actions. Look at the people in talk shows. Look at the people in therapists' offices who are just trying to grasp some sanity because it's not them that messed up. It's their parents who messed up. And as I looked at this story, I knew like she didn't deserve a man who would play her like that. She didn't deserve someone who would do that to her, but that's the situation she got herself into. And that's when I realized that life isn't fair to all of us. Sometimes we all get dealt a bad hand, but how you choose to deal with what life has thrown at you can really change the trajectory of your life. But guess what? There's a better way to deal with all of this, and that's why I'm here. That's why this video exists. So there's a better way of dealing with all this and I was uh, as I was researching and thinking of ways to make this video I came to the realization that there's no discussing good ways or the best ways to deal with the unfair things that life throws at us 
without talking about the story of Joseph. And yes, I was dreading making this video. Why? Because the story of Joseph is long. And yes, we are going to go through it today. So, gear up. Yeah. So, the story of Joseph. Joseph, you see, well, at the time when he was betrayed by his brothers, he had been sent by his father to actually go and check up on them. So, Joseph was actually acting out of love when he went to check up on his brothers. And they still played him. Like sometimes you actually can get played by people you're trying to show love for, by people you're actually trying to be there for. Because Joseph had no business, he had no need to go to the wilderness and check up on his brothers. But he chose to. Why? Because his father cared about them and he also did. But the same people he cared about played him. And the reason why they actually betrayed him was for something that he had no control over. He didn't choose his father to favor him. He didn't choose his father to love him. He didn't choose for his father to love his mother more than he loved the father of his other brothers. He didn't choose all that. You see, it's one thing to be played and be betrayed by the people you love and you're trying to show love for, but it's a totally different thing when they play you for things that are no longer within your control. So Joseph comes, and as he's coming, his, his brothers are like, let's kill this guy. But Reuben, you see, Reuben wanted to save Joseph, so he was like, let's throw him into a pit, and he knew very well he'll come back and rescue him from the pit. But Judah said, throwing him into a pit won't help us. Let's sell him as a slave. And you see, much later, Joseph actually realizes that where he was being sold to, it was God who was sending him to that place. Ooh, preach! <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so yeah, where he was being sold to, it was actually where his purpose was. So it was less about being sold and more about being sent. Hey! <laughs> and I'm being stupid. <laughs> So yeah, he was sold to Ishmaelite traders who actually sold him to Potiphar, who was the captain of the king's guard, I think. And you see, at Potiphar's household, everything prospered because Joseph was there. And Potiphar knew this, and he elevated Joseph, and he was his personal assistant. And just when his life seemed to start getting back in line, Potiphar's wife comes with Mahanjamzaki with her dry spell, and she wants to sleep with him. And the Bible is so clear on just how adamant Joseph was. Joseph not only said no, but he also tried to keep out of her way as much as possible. Joseph not only refused to sleep with her, he said no. Then he got out of her way as much as possible. And you see, so many of us are still trying to present ourselves to people and situations that we don't want or need, but just because we want them to glorify us, we want them to admire us, we want them to validate us. Like, we need validation from people we don't want, we don't need, but we are seeking their validation. For example, says, why? why are you posting screenshots of guys you're saying no to? Why? Why do you need our validation? But anyway, let me let me let me get out of your business like that. So yeah, Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of attempting to rape her, and Joseph is thrown into prison. And in the prison, we see that he interprets the dreams of the king's chief cupbearer and the king's chief baker. And you see, he tells the chief cupbearer that you know, in three days, you're gonna be released from this prison and reinstated back to your position where you are. And the chief baker is like, "Wow, this guy's interpretation was nice. So let me go and tell him my dream too, so that yeah, maybe there's also some good news for me." And you see, Joseph was like, "The chief cupbearer." will be reinstated back to his position in three days. But you might not even have your life. <laughs> yeah, and in three days, the chief cupbearer is reinstated. The chief baker is killed. <laughs> and you see, when the chief cupbearer was being told about his dream by Joseph, 
Joseph was vulnerable with him and he told him, I'm a Hebrew, I was sold here as a slave, I don't deserve to be in prison, so when you go out there, please don't forget me. And this is where it, it gets a little, not a little bit deep, but it gets deep because Joseph shared his vulnerability. He shared his story with this guy and this guy still forgot about him. Like what happens when the people who know insecurities, know our vulnerabilities, know our soft spots, and they take advantage of that? They knew you were kind, and they took advantage of that. They knew you had a soft spot for them, and they took advantage of that. What happens when it seems like the people who knew the very buttons to press actually press them, and now you're in a position where you've been betrayed again by people who you thought actually knew your story. You see, it's one thing to be crossed by people who don't know you or who don't know the things you've been through. And it's another thing to be crossed or betrayed by people who actually knew your story and were like, yeah, I'm going to do that anyway. But I guess that's why it's called betrayal. You wouldn't have been betrayed if you didn't actually trust them or if you actually didn't have a reason to trust them. And that's what Joseph went through in this particular situation at the hands of the chief copero. But the thing I came to realize is that just because people behave like that sometimes. The truth is, it doesn't mean they're bad people. I know it hurts to hear that, but it doesn't mean they're bad people. Let me prove to you. Because two years later, yes, Joseph was still in prison two years later, despite telling the cupbearer not to forget him. Yeah. Sometimes you can be in the same position you are in years ago, despite the fact that God's anointing is still in your life. You see, yeah, two years later, when Pharaoh starts having his dreams that no one could interpret, and finally the chief bearer decides to speak up. And the first words out of his mouth were, and on this day, I am reminded of my faith. You see, he owned up to the fact that he had forgotten about Joseph. He owned up to the fact that despite Joseph being able to foretell what was going to happen and actually being right, he still forgot about him, despite Joseph telling him not to forget about him. And therefore, he said, and on this day, I am reminded of my faith. And that's what proves to us that sometimes, I know there are bad people, but sometimes good people do bad things too. And in as much as we may want to hold it against them, we shouldn't. And we all know Joseph now comes to Pharaoh. He interprets the dreams of Pharaoh and he's finally made the second in command, and the story ends happily ever after his brothers come back, he forgives them, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, there are a few things that I picked from the story of Joseph, and that's the main content of this video, on like what we should do, what we should bear in mind when we're in a season of life being where we feel like life is unfair to us, what we should do, how we should live life, and how we should do life at these times. And I got three points, and there'll be two other points that I'll leave you with at the end of the video. The first thing that I picked from the story of Joseph is that we should never lose sight of God's anointing and presence of our lives. Never lose sight of God's presence and anointing over your life. And one of the best illustrations of this is when Chief Kapera and the Chief Baker actually came to Joseph in distress with the dreams that they had. And when they were in distress as to who can actually interpret their dreams, the first word that came out of Joseph's mouth was, interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead and tell me. And you see, this phrase tells me two things. Number one, he knew that it was not up to him to interpret those dreams. He knew he didn't have the power. He knew it was God who had the power. But he also knew he had God in him. He also knew God's hand was over him. So therefore, he could do it through God. It was God doing it through him, actually. And that's why Joseph said, interpreting dreams is God's business. So tell me so that I can do that. He knew God's power. 
and he knew God's presence in his life. And there's also something I like to refer to as the small, small blessings that prove that God's favor is upon you. And I'm not calling them small blessings because they're small, but because they're nothing compared to what God has for you in totality. We see Joseph was favored by Jacob, his father. And this was God's favor upon his life manifested as the favor of his earthly father. And Joseph didn't do anything to earn this, but it was God's hand upon him. From a young age, God had placed his hand over him. Later on, we see he's sold as a slave to Potiphar's house. And we see that even Potiphar's household was blessed because of his presence. And Potiphar knew it, and he kept him there. That's God's hand on, on Joseph again. Later again, Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape, then he's sent to prison. In prison again, he's, God's favor is upon him. He's made in charge of all the prisons. And later on, God's favor is upon him such that God blesses an entire nation because of Joseph. See, that was his purpose. But the first three, the favor of Jacob, the favor upon Potiphar's house, the favor in prison, they were just small bits that actually prove the presence of God in Joseph's life. And that's what Joseph never forgot. He never allowed himself, no matter how hard it got, no matter how ugly it got, he never allowed himself to lose sight of what God has for him, for what God has placed inside him. The second thing that I learned from the story of Joseph is that when you're at a point where we feel like we are slept on, like people are not appreciating exactly what's in us, what God has placed in us, we are, people are not appreciating the presence and the anointing of God of our lives. The thing I came to see in the story of Joseph is that the second thing we should do when we're at a point like this in life, where life also feels like it's unfair, is we need to understand that we're in a season of obscurity. And what do you do in a season of obscurity? You better yourself, you better your relationship with God. You learn anything and everything there is to learn about what God has placed in you. You need to develop your character in your season of obscurity. And remember, character is who you are when no one is looking. Personally, for me, I know for a fact I, I am yet to walk fully into the things that God has called me because I know my character may not be able to withstand everything that God has called me to. You see, some of us, God has not pushed us to our maximum potential in accordance to his purpose because we are not grounded enough. Our character is not founded enough on the right foundation. We always see people who have been brought down by things that we know we would have done in similar situations. We see people's downfalls being brought by something like infidelity, cheating on their spouses. But how many people are cheating on their spouses right now? The only difference is they have a thousand cameras on them. You don't. And those are the things that God is trying to cultivate in us so that when we actually get to the spotlight, we'll be able to stay there. You see, it's not just about getting there. It's about being able to stay there. And that's why we need our characters to be sculptured well so that when we get there, We'll be there to last. Another thing, as I've said, we need to develop our skills in our seasons of obscurity. We need to be able to work on the things that are in us such that when we actually get to the spotlight, people will be like, how do they do all that and make it look so simple? And at the back of your mind, you'll be like, if you knew the number of years I practiced at this, if you knew the effort I placed so that I could, I could get here and make it seem simple. There's always this running analogy of Usain Bolt about the fact that in his whole career, he's ran for less than a minute professionally, but he's made multi-millions out of this. But you see, in as much as he only ran for a few seconds, 
and he made hundreds of millions out of that and he got the platform and he got the influence and he got all these endorsements. You see, the millions are not because of the few seconds he ran. It's for the 20 years that he practiced to run for the few seconds. So he was not being paid for his performance, but rather for the practice before the performance, for what he did when no one was looking, not the records he broke when everyone was looking. And that's why a season of obscurity is important. And I know I've given you worldly examples and worldly illusions, but let's go back to the story of Joseph. You see, Joseph was called simply to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. But he not only interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, but he provided solutions to the problems that came with the dream of Pharaoh. He not only told Pharaoh about the famine that was going to come for seven years, but also how to deal with the famine in those seven years, and in the seven years of plenty before the seven years of, of famine. And you see, being prepared can create a mega opportunity out of a small one. And that's why they say you'd rather be prepared and miss an opportunity than have an opportunity and not be prepared to take it. Why am I saying this? Because God just revealed this to me, the fact that if interpreting Pharaoh's dreams was all Joseph brought to the table, all he could have been was a free man. He could have interpreted the dream and Pharaoh would be like, yeah, for that, you can go scot-free. But because he not only interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, but also provided solutions for, for the problems that came from these dreams, Pharaoh was like, you're not only free, but you're going to be the second in command in the whole land of Egypt. And in as much as he was the second in command, Pharaoh was like, nothing will be done in the land of Egypt without your approval. Meaning that Joseph would still have needed to approve some of the things that Pharaoh would have decided to do. And that is how Joseph took advantage of a small opportunity and made it a mega one. Why? Because the interpretation of dreams, yes, that was God. But him being prepared for a situation just like this, yes, it was God helping him, but he also developed some things in the dark. He made himself a problem solver. He made himself a solution provider. Let me not lie to you. Only God and your mother love you for nothing in this world. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. But it's the truth. Anyway, yeah. Everywhere. People need solutions everywhere. David was a solution to a problem. Moses was a solution to a problem. Everyone in the Bible who ascended to, a, to great heights, they were all solutions to problems. Even in the technological field, even in government, even in school, even in the church, we all need solutions to problems. And it's only by developing ourselves in the dark that you can actually be solutions to problems in the light. That's why they say hard work puts you where good luck can find you. Oh, that is so deep. Yes, hard work puts you where good luck can find you. When you develop yourself, and that's why I'm so proud of the people who are now, right now working on themselves. Because right now, you're making yourselves into solutions for problems you don't even know we have. And when those problems are brought to the limelight, you'll be able to step up into what God has called you to. So therefore, this is what this season of obscurity is all about. You building yourself up so that when the time comes, you can take advantage of the opportunity. And that's exactly what Joseph did. And I'm not saying that you, you need to go all out and, and try and do things for God. No. But just work on yourself and allow God to work in you. And by allowing God to work in you, it's, it's how you develop a relationship with God. Actually, you develop the relationship with God and then he starts working in you. And you see, what is the proof that God was working in Joseph and with Joseph? Even Pharaoh could tell that God or the Spirit of God was with Joseph. How good will it be if even non-believers can look at you and be like, there's some God in that person? 
even Muslims can look at you and be like, I don't believe in your God. But God is with you and in you. And the third and last point that I got is that we need to be fruitful in our bad seasons. We need to be fruitful in our seasons of obscurity. And maybe some of you don't believe you can actually be fruitful in your seasons of obscurity, but let's see what the Bible says. Psalms chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, They that delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, that are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. You know, you can actually prosper in all that you do. Not all that you want to do, but all that God wants to do through you. You can prosper in it all. You can prosper in it all. But that's not even what I'm going to focus on, is the fact that they are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit in each season. So enjoy your bearing fruit. In pain, you're bearing fruit. In peace, you're bearing fruit. In anxiety, you're bearing fruit. There are actually two major problems that we actually have with this. Is Number one is people that actually want to wait for the good seasons, for them to bear fruit. Everyone is usually like, we're waiting for better days. Better days are coming. No, better days are not waited on. They're made. They're built. They're worked towards. That's what better days are. If you just sit still, you're going to stay in those bad days forever. And the second problem that we have is some of us actually have matured enough and we're like, yeah, we're willing to bear fruit. But we want to bear the fruits that we prefer. We want to bear the fruits that we like, that we want. But what if the fruit that God wants you to bear in this season is the fruit of patience, the fruit of endurance, the fruit of perseverance? Those are also fruits, just less sex. But what does the, what does the Bible say again? In James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that you are, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It has a chance to grow. It doesn't mean it will grow. It's up to you to decide whether it will grow. But there is a chance presented. So when tough times are there, there's a chance for your endurance to grow. And it goes on to say, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, and, not, and lacking nothing. And going back to the story of Joseph, we see he named his second son Ephraim, which means the Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. So yes, I do know. Yes, I do know. It is the Lord who makes us fruitful. So keep on aligning with him, and he'll make you fruitful, even in your season of distress. But we actually need to bear fruit in our seasons of distress. And finally, the last two points that I told you guys about there. The thing, you see, Joseph later realized that in as much as it is his brothers who had sold him to Egypt, it is God who had sent him to Egypt for the protection and preservation of those brothers who sold him and their families. In modern day times, God allowed them to play you for their own good. And that's when it hit me that the true test of forgiveness, for pure and undefiled forgiveness, is when it no longer matters whether they acknowledge they were wrong. It no longer matters to you whether they accept that they were wrong. And it doesn't even matter to you whether they pay for the fact that they were wrong. And to take it a notch higher, you can actually bless them despite them selling you out. And the other thing that I realized from this story is without Potiphar's wife betraying Joseph like that and lying on Joseph, Joseph wouldn't have been anything more than Potiphar's personal attendant or personal assistant. 
You see, that would have been cute, that would have been okay, but he never would have walked into the greatness of God's purpose for him. And that's why people say, sometimes your greatest setback is a setup for your own comeback. And putting it in biblical ways, Romans 8.28, I know I always say this, but it always gets good and good, better and better. Everything works good for those who love God and are called in accordance to his purpose. God used the betrayal of Potiphar's wife to elevate Joseph to a point where he was senior to Potiphar himself. But it had to take some pain. And I know sometimes, sometimes we have to admit that something has been messed up, something has gone wrong. Like sometimes it's the truth. We've messed up. Sometimes actually God is, sometimes things happen to us because of us. <laughs> And God is saying, I'll use everything. I'll use your mistakes. I'll use your pain. I'll use your heart. I'll use all those suffering, all that suffering. I'll use it all for your own good and for the purpose of culture and for my own glory. Anyway, if this has enriched you in any particular way, please remember to like, share, and subscribe if you're watching the video on YouTube. If you're listening in on the podcast, give a five-star review. Follow for much more Christian content. Cheers. <laughs>